Amen. A reading from Ezekiel. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when some of his sheep have been scattered abroad, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, 
by the fountains and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and upon the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on fat pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the crippled, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will watch over. I will feed them in justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust all the weak with your horns, Till you have scattered them abroad, I will save my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set out over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and, and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. A reading from Ephesians. Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power in us who believe? According to the working of his great might, which he accomplished in Christ, when he raised him from the dead 
and made him sit at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee, or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see thee hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to thee? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, 
As you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I am a cradle Episcopalian. I was born, baptized, confirmed, raised within the arms of this church. For at least eight generations, I can trace my family being Anglican or Episcopalian all the way back to England. Growing up, I lived a religiously sheltered life, as it were, never going to any other churches. I really never knew how other people worshipped, what other people did on their Sunday mornings. Now, in a few of the towns I lived in, in North North Georgia as a boy, we shared our parish with Greek and Russian Orthodox Christians. So I was exposed to that Christian tradition, but that's about it. And in those parishes, we would alternate between the Book of Common Prayer service, what we do here today, and the Orthodox Divine Liturgy from Sunday to Sunday. But it really wasn't very different than what we do on Sunday mornings. Nor was the Orthodox practice of religion all that different from what I already knew. So I lived a sheltered life. In many ways, ignorant to the dealings of other churches. Ignorant of others' experience of Christianity. Went to church every week. Fasted and feasted appropriately. Went to daily morning prayer with my mother and we prayed the rosary. Prayed in the house morning and evening offices. I volunteered at shelters and food banks. Went to parish bazaars and parish parties. I lived the life of a young Episcopalian. A happy, God-fearing life. And I remember when all that changed. And this past week jarred my memory about it. I was looking on the internet at what movies were in the theater, hoping for a possible date night with my wife. And I saw that the movie Footloose had been remade and was showing again. Now, thinking about the movie Footloose brought back a flood of memories and a religious awakening from my youth. And the day that everything changed was a summer on my 12th year on this earth. I was awakened, lost my innocence, so to say. In the summer of 1984, Footloose was unleashed on the world and on my naivete. Now, for those of you who might not remember the movie or might not have cared anything about it, it stars Kevin Bacon and John Lithgow, at least the original one does. The movie is based in a small Midwestern conservative farming community And it revolves around a minister and his daughter, 
a young student, an outsider, who moves into the community from some urban area, I forget, and then a bunch of high school students. Now, the theme of the movie is that this minister has so convinced this small community that dancing is evil that it becomes against the law, literally against the law to dance. Now, this minister preaches during the movie the idea that dancing leads to damnation and is therefore evil. Dancing is of Satan. And I, with all my sheltered devotions and life within the Episcopal Church, was shocked, dismayed that this movie would portray the Christian faith in such an absurd or at the least foreign manner. Who would ever believe that? Who could ever think that any Christian would forbid dancing? The parish I was in at the time had a little ballet company. We had the dance instructor. The Greeks among us regularly broke into dance in the parish halls at coffee hour. The idea that dancing was evil was bizarre. It was so far-fetched for my young mind that the movie lost all credibility. So I thought, what Christians would outlaw dancing? I began to ask questions and began to look around my own community. And I also began to, for the first time, realize not all Christians are the same. As I asked around, as I looked into other church communities, I was stunned. I was astonished to find out that this whole dancing thing was not made up from the minds of these movie people. That there were, in fact, Christian communities who equated dancing with damnation. In fact, when I began looking around and asking questions... I found out all sorts of forbidden things that could lead to damnation. (laughs) That's right. One of the more common of those damnable offenses was the consumption of alcohol. Now, let me get this straight. While the church teaches very clearly that the abuse of alcohol is indeed sinful, drinking beyond reason, to drink in moderation was commonplace. It's been a part of the church's life since there was a church. It's commonplace among the adults at my parishes. We use wine for the liturgy. We drank wine at parish festivals. And one of the smells I associate with midnight, mass, with Christmas, one of the lasting memories of Christmas for me, my dearest memories, was sleeping on the pew so late at night as a young boy with the smell of incense and candles lingering around. And over that, the smell of bourbon from all the pre-mass parties on Christmas Eve. (laughs) It's a wonderful smell, and I, I always, when I think of Christmas, that's what I think of. <laughs> now, certainly, all of these people, my people, devout Christians, couldn't be going to hell. And so I wondered, where in the world did all of these edicts and prohibitions come from, and why hadn't I heard of them before? The Bible was read every day in my house. My mother saw to that. I went to church at the least every Sunday. Why hadn't I been warned of the dangers of dancing? I asked my parish priest at the time about all I had learned in my struggles, and he replied, Anglicans focus more on winning hell, winning heaven than avoiding hell. Death is conquered, Christ is king. Death is conquered, Christ is king. I didn't understand all of that for many years. Is it not the same thing to work to win heaven and to avoid hell? And perhaps it is. But it is also... At its very heart, a much different understanding of what it is to be a Christian. 
what it is to follow Jesus Christ. So I looked and I looked throughout the Bible to try to find out how and why the movie Footloose was not based on wild and unfettered imaginations in Hollywood and why it had truth within it. Now, in my searchings, I found several places in which Jesus Christ talks about the inheritance of life eternal, talks about salvation. One such place is Matthew's 19th chapter. A rich man confronts Jesus and asks him what he must do to inherit eternal life. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life, he asks. Jesus says to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There's one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. The rich man says to him, which ones? You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. Within the commandments of Moses, there is no prohibition against the consumption of alcohol. There is no prohibition against dancing. Jesus tells us to love God, love our neighbor. Now there's another place that speaks of salvation, that speaks of the conditions of our judgment speaks of heaven and hell, the final judgment, and that place is within this morning's gospel message. And these are, in fact, the only conditions you will find that our Lord speaks of concerning judgment and condemnation. For the past few weeks, our gospel readings have led up to this point, from the triumphal entry into Jerusalem to the confrontation with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians. Last week, we got the parable of the talents. We were bidden to use the spiritual gifts God has given us to act in the place of Christ until he returns. Now, all of that is summed up this morning. And in that summation, we get the conditions, what we will be judged for in the gospel. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison. You came to me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see thee hungry and feed thee or thirsty and give thee drink? The king will answer him, verily, verily, I say unto you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to one of the least of these, my brethren. You did it to me. There you have it. The conditions for our final judgment is given by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King of King and Lord of Lords. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, visit the sick and those in prison. In other words, have compassion on everyone you see and to the best of your ability provide for the basic human needs of others provide for the needs of others this is Christ the King Sunday this is the Sunday where we acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ the only source of our earthly unity the only source of salvation the world knows This is the day we remember and proclaim whom it is we serve, whom it is who is our governor and our ruler, the God to whom we pledge undying loyalty. We gathered here this morning are members of his kingdom. He has assigned us 
our duty. Now part of that duty is to rejoice with him, to dance and to make merry, to celebrate his being king of the universe. There is an element, the virtue of joy that should always go before us and follow behind us in whatever we do. We should be joyful. There is also the duty of compassion. This is the condition of our judgment. Were you compassionate? Were you merciful? This duty to compassion and mercy has it as its foundation, as its essence, the truth that every person is made in the image and the likeness of God Almighty. So when we care for others, when we care for the least among us, we care for God himself. If someone, therefore, is hungry or thirsty, is dying of hunger, it's our duty and privilege to feed them. For in doing so, we care for the image and likeness of God. If someone is sick and in this sense dying, we do not throw them away as the world would throw them away. Rather, we acknowledge that they bear within them the image and likeness of God. They are of God. And we care for and we visit and we hold and we comfort them. We love them and treat them as we would treat God himself. So if you are concerned, and you should be, about winning heaven and avoiding hell, this is the place to start. Compassion. Mercy. Live a life of compassion and of mercy and take care of the least among you. Do not make false idols out of things like dancing or live lives in judgment of others. Be hard on yourself and lenient with all those around you. Rejoice in the fact that we are servants of the kingdom of God. Jesus loves us, each and every one of us. Jesus desires our salvation. Let us take that love and care for the least among us. Let us be a people of compassion. Let us be a people of mercy. Let us be a people that sees the image and likeness of God in every other living human being and that loves them for that image. But let us not, on this feast of Christ the King, be a people of condemnation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Standing, let us affirm our faith in God and in His Holy Church. We believe in one God, the Father the Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God. Not God, not man.
The prayers of the people are found in your bulletin. Please kneel. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. For Duncan, our bishop, Jeffrey, our priest, and for all clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. For Barack, our president, Haley, our governor, and Melvin, our mayor, for all the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. For the county of Jones, the city of Laurel, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. For seasonable weather and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. For the good earth which God has given us and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, let us pray to the Lord. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and suffering, especially Janet Bills, Mac Bullock, Dewey Blackledge, Trudy Blanford, Janelle Bond, Beth Boykin, Caesar Centeno, Luca Seraldo, Brenda Day, Edward Daughtery, Sylvia Ellis, Bonnie Garner, Carol Henley, Bill Hersom, Clementa Evanel, Leroy Jensen, Alex Carras, Betty Killen, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Mitch Malden, Randy Meadows, Della McAllister, Jose McDaniel, Jean Miller, Austin Morgan, Jim Nigbar, Sherry Parrish, Ashley Rogers, <clears throat> Reverend Nate Ruff, Casey Smith, Wendy Sneed, Ashley Taylor, Henry Temple, Joan Todd, Kitty Wisepack, Shirley Waldrop, and Wayne White. And for all who suffer from chronic illnesses, and for those we now name, let us pray to the Lord. For those celebrating birthdays, especially Patrick Anderson, Carl Michael Day, Logan Gallagher, Carol McDaniel, Sadie Sensing, and Susan Vincent. And for those celebrating anniversaries, especially Richard and Melanie Follis, Marvin and Susan Smith, and John and Caroline Watts, let us pray to the Lord. For those with child, especially Allison Albritton, Heather Brown, LeClaire Davis, Jessica Dees, Maggie Farrell, Karen Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Elizabeth Lindsay, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, Lynn Weaver, and Casey Gibbs Whitson. 
Let us pray to the Lord. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. For the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazar, Chase Bradshaw, Michael Buthler, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jane Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jamillo, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, Kerry Walker, James Warner, Mark Waters, Wyatt Welch, and Joshua Yarborough. And for those men and women who have fought, who have bravely fought and gallantly died for their country. Let us pray to the Lord. For the absolution and remission of our sins and offenses, let us pray to the Lord. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. In the communion of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. John, our patron, and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another 
in all our life to Christ our God. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to St. John's on what has, I guess, been a sort of dreary Scottish day so far. Uh, A few announcements. This is Thanksgiving week, and as such, uh, things around the parish will be a little different. Uh, Most of the activities for the week have been canceled, like the Tuesday morning Bible study. Our Wednesday evening confirmation class this week has has been canceled as well. Uh, But tonight, we will have our community Thanksgiving service, or we will take our part there. Uh, First United Methodist Church is hosting this 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 year, and it begins at 6 p.m. Some of our choir are going over. I'll be over there. Uh, So you're invited and encouraged to attend. And I think the rest of the uh, announcements are are self-explanatory in the bulletin. I want to thank uh, Laura Prince and the the rest for uh, getting Turkish from Heaven. I think we're, you said we're very close. We're missing a few boxes, but everything's going good. So thank her for all her hard work and everything else. And I want to, I'll embarrass her a little further. Uh, she's, uh, her family is moving to, to, to Jackson. She's taking advancement with her company. Uh, as many of you know, she's, um, she uh, has become a, somewhat of a staple here. She's served on our vestry, has a beautiful voice. Uh, her and Robbie are always uh, 
first to volunteer for things. Robbie's at the back of the church. He's become a steadfast and faithful usher. Um, and so please, please bid them well as they will be terribly missed. So our loss is Jackson's gain. So God bless you and thank you for that. Uh, and I think that's everything else is sort of, like I said, self-explanatory. Again, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts.
when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world.